0: Hello and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast talking entertainment news and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined remotely and far away by my delightful co-host. Batman. Boy, that really is a delay. We always do this.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Matt, what should people do?
1: Uh, like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Yeah. I guess. We're still saying that, right?
0: Yeah, close cool. enough. Or we, yes, we are. it's Something We're like that. in our homes alone, because Matt got the the big O, the big Omicron. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sick. You're sick. You're uh, a sickie boy.
1: Isn't, isn't Omicron the small O, if we're being technical? The big O would be Omega.
0: Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. Get your like, Greek
1: alphabet straight.
0: <laughs> are there like, two other... O starting Greek letters. I don't know. I don't know the Greek Greek alphabet. Oscar. That's I used the, to know it. That's the phonetic one. Matt. Something like that. Brester. What's been up to? Uh,
1: some stuff actually. For once.
0: Yay! Because you've it's been sick.
1: Helped that I've been because I've been sick and I haven't had much occasion to do much else. Although, um. At some point, I think we'll have to talk about Hawkeye. Do you want to do that first, or save that toward the end of my Uh, segment of yours?
0: Yeah, let's do that now. Now, I've I've had time to make my thoughts.
1: Yeah. Last time we talked, we hadn't seen the final episode of Hawkeye yet.
0: Yeah, and that was, like, it feels like a month ago.
1: It was, I mean, it was close to three weeks.
0: Yeah. Because so, yeah, we recorded a like ago. a week early. It'll be a month ago by the time this comes out. Yep.
1: yep. Yeah. Great. Really getting these hot takes in here.
0: Yeah. No kidding. So, what do you think about uh, what? What do you think about Hawkeye? The whole show. Now that it's all finished. Ah. Uh,
1: on the whole, I felt like at every single moment I was enjoying it, but I don't have much interest in rewatching it. It was kind of just fine. Um, I thought it was funny. Uh, I didn't think it was as badly written as you thought it was. Um, I liked most of the characters. Um, I feel like... Uh, should, should we get into spoilers on it?
0: Yeah, it's been long enough, and anyone that's going to watch it that cares about spoilers has watched it already. It's also a show, which, okay. like, the that threshold is a lot different than for movies
1: yeah yeah um yeah i i liked that they brought kingpin in i felt like he did feel like the same kingpin character from the marvel show to an extent um which was something that always worried me about starting to bring in the menu characters um they come from such a different feeling universe um that it was it was always going to be a bit of a risky move to just bring them in and try to seamlessly blend him into this more goofy goofy mcu verse um but i felt like he he felt like he he belonged uh, um he felt like uh, it felt like it suitably raised the stakes to bring him in um and he was like a more serious character more intimidating Mm -hmm. character um and i think it was a good and appropriate use of him um I kind of like how it wraps up the Hawkeye arc, and then uh, we get Kate Bishop going to be in Young Avengers in 2024 or whatever.
0: Does that happen? Do we know that that's happening?
1: I don't know if it's officially confirmed or not, but it's totally happening.
0: Yeah. All right. I, uh, I, I mostly agree with that. I, like, again, I... The writing, to me, got better uh, after, like, the first few episodes. Um, so, like, it wasn't mm-hmm. as much of an issue later. But, like, it was just, like, at least the first it- episode, it to me, was just, like, atrocious. Um, the second one was maybe mm-hmm. a little bad, but I was going into it with the expectation it was bad. But then it became less distracting as it went. Um, uh-huh. I am... I, I'm not not glad they brought in Kingpin. It's kind of a lot of levels for me. One, I like the Daredevil characters. Uh, and so, like, mm-hmm. seeing them is fun. But also, I kind of like what you said, except a little bit more extreme, I don't feel like this character fit the tone of this show. And so it felt out of place. Especially, like, this character that we've seen mm-hmm. only in Suits... And has such, like, a a specific taste in, like, what he wears. Seeing him in that, like, flower Mm -hmm. shirt felt wrong. (laughs) And, like, I was like, this isn't keeping. Do what?
1: I will grant you the shirt.
0: Yeah. It was, it it felt weird. Um, And then, but I am glad that they didn't have her, like, have Kate kick his ass. Because I, w- I was worried that's mm-hmm. how it was going to end, was that she was going to beat him in a fight. And I'm like, you that, that can't do that. You can't have this guy no. that for three seasons of Daredevil, who was a master at everything, still like barely eked out a victory, <laughs> uh, have this kid that doesn't know how to fight supervillains beat them. And so I, was, I, was, I appreciated that basically mm-hmm. he just kept brushing her off. And she stood no chance with him. Um, but yeah. then... I don't like how th- how it ended... With Kingpin and Echo. Because... I feel like they just did the wrong thing. Because there are multiple ways that they can have it have happened. Like... Uh, oh, he got shot but he'll come back. Or she's actually the one that got shot. Or, like, whatever. Like, we know a gunshot happened and a body hit the floor. We don't know who it is. And then, as always, if you don't see the death, they're not dead. That's classic cinema mm-hmm. trickery. Um, so, do you,
1: do you know what happens in the comics in that scene?
0: No, I do not.
1: So, this is, that particular moment is lifted straight out of the comics, straight out of, actually, uh, Echo's uh, introduction in a Daredevil run, and um, immediately before Brian Michael Bendis picks up the run, actually, uh, which is why I've read it. Um, And Echo shoots Kingpin in the head, and he drops to the floor, and then comes back a page later, and he's not dead, but he's blinded, which leads to him being blinded throughout the uh, Brian Michael Bendis run, which is a really interesting uh, twist, because now he's suddenly brought to Daredevil's
0: level. Okay. Okay. So then, here's where that dilemma comes from. So, he, so that was the first theory that I said was he got shot, but he's not. He'll come back. Is mm-hmm. does that conclude Echo's character arc? Does that retroactively diminish the conclusion of her character arc? Because she wants revenge, wants to kill the guy, and so she tries and fails. Does that diminish the conclusion, or? Is it one of those things where I was like, oh, like I feel like I shouldn't have killed him. Oh, he's back. Then it's like, then what was her character arc? It was revenge, but now she hasn't gotten revenge in any way, because she thought she got revenge in the way that she wanted to get revenge, but it turns out she didn't want that revenge. So she hasn't gotten revenge, which means that in that story of this se- of this show, her character arc is inconcluded, and I don't like that. <laughs> Does that make sense? Does that rambling okay. make sense? Uh...
1: Not even slightly, but I'll, I'll see if okay. I can counterpoint a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, okay, so uh, we're hoping that they bring Kingpin back, um, and I think that that's the safe assumption at this point. Yep. Um, does that undermine her character arc? Um, I never felt like she was supposed to be as major of a player. Um, like, she's an interesting character in her own right, um, are we, is she coming back in anything? In she's got her she's, got her,
0: she's got her own off show coming.
1: Oh. Yeah. Okay, that changes things a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. Cause, yeah, then, it's like, okay, her whole journey was the, the revenge journey and trying to free herself of the weight of Kingpin that's been on her- shadowing her life for since she was a child okay so now she's sort of fulfilled that but then what's Echo going to be just her fighting Kingpin again I'm
0: wondering if it's going to be like a prequel thing where it explores her past and how she got to where she is or again yeah like you said it's rehashing her trying to take down Kingpin
1: yeah a prequel sounds much more interesting to me to be honest yeah but
0: it's cause she mm-hmm. like she there's a lot to be done before her being betrayed um no mm-hmm. her dad got killed when she was young no when the f*** did her dad get killed <laughs> Ronan uh, killed her dad so that was that would have was... been a couple years prior right
1: yeah, she was still basically grown up. I think that. I think they used the same actress. In the flashback.
0: Okay. Is that right? Does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. That sounds about. I mean, because it was Ronan that killed her, or killed him. So it had mm-hmm. to have been between Infinity War and Endgame, and so that was only like, and Endgame was like two years before this move, this show. So. Two, two years? Yeah. How many years was it? Around that. So if it's like, that. at least within like the past decade. Yeah. And she's like, what? Late 20s, early mm-hmm. 30s? So.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that specifically. Um, It's just it, okay. like, that's how it ended set the table or set the stage for disappointment in it later. Because right now it feels fine. If it's just, Mm -hmm. she killed him, that's it. Cool, but we all know that it's going to be recontextualized later, and thus retroactively kind of diminishing the conclusion. That's my problem.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm off my soapbox now.
1: Okay. (laughs) Alright, soapbox removed. (laughs) Okay. Is there anything else about Hawkeye? Is that all we want to say about (laughs) Hawkeye?
0: I think that's pretty much it.
1: Uh, Uh-oh, my like battery might number. die.
0: Oh, my God. That, I, yep. Never mind. I do want to talk about that. I, I hated it so much. Honestly, <laughs> like, I... They started playing it, and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this. Like, from the beginning of it, I was like, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this. But I'll bet they're doing it for a reason, like there's somebody or some lead into the next thing. But no, it was just the musical number with nothing else, and I hated it (laughs) so much. (laughs) Honestly, I was really upset at the end of it.
1: (laughs) I was hoping for a better post-credits, I'll admit, Uh, but... A big dumb music musical number that I think we're supposed to think is pretty terrible. I'll take it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but like it's we're supposed to think it's terrible. But that was the joke in the first episode when Hawkeye turns off his ears. Like they're redoing the joke, basically. That oh look at this terrible thing we made. It's like yeah we saw it. We saw it in the trailers. Get 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 oh, it well, out of me. I want to see the whole thing. Yeah, I, t- <laughs> sure. But I don't really think a whole lot of people are pining for the whole thing. Some people were. Some people are I, just. I weird. mean, it,
1: it's it's like the the Zemo dance from uh, Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, we got a little glimpse of it, and the internet wants more. So why not just preemptively give it to him?
0: But that's also we just want to see him dancing, because he's an adorable character. Mm-hmm. Um. I think my other... One one thing that I did, uh, I saw a whole bunch of TikToks about it. Um, So Ant-Man is in that musical. Which means that the person who went and got the information about that to write this musical got information from somebody who may have seen Ant-Man going back in the past during uh, Endgame. Because he... He was oh. at New York, so like they saw him there cuz he wasn't a thing during the original battle. But like somebody saw him just like down on the streets or something. And so like I like that implication.
1: Interesting. Okay. I don't That's I all- was I was going to attribute it to just it's a it's a bad musical and they didn't do the research properly. But I I'm intrigued. I like that.
0: Yeah, fun little uh, fun little hope. All right. Yeah. Anything else about Hawkeye? Cool, cool. Mm, nope, that's all I got. All right. Continue um, on with your see. other things. You you you'd been up to. I've
1: been up to. Uh, let's see. Well, I went. I read where the crawdads sing.
0: Yay! Um,
1: What'd you think? And I was gonna bring it back, but then I got sick. Ah, oh, it's pretty good. Okay.
0: Did um, my my yeah, vague if... ramblings from when I was reviewing it because there's too much to not spoil. Did that? Did you retain any of that and like allow it to make sense as you were reading, or did you not remember what I was saying?
1: Uh I. Felt like I could remember a lot of the stuff you were saying. I don't think it spoiled anything necessarily. That's I I did the best um, I could to leave it in.
0: ambiguous enough about mm-hmm. like earlier things that happened so that like you think that oh that's like what he was talking about, so that, you know, later things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you did a good job of that. Um I I think really it just kind of helped me focus in on some particular elements. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. No, overall. I mean, it's a, it's a really good read. Um, uh, just a, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a depressing story, but it's also like a really satisfying read in some sense. Um, it's just, yeah, you you see this character and she's struggling and then she's uh, finding her own little ways to succeed and grow as a person. And it's, um, yeah it 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 it's just really satisfying and really um pleasant feels like, pleasant feels like the wrong word here, yeah, but sort of that it, that sense of accomplishment is well communicated um yeah uh I'm not sure uh I didn't feel like it really said anything too profound at the end of the day. Um, it was kind of just, oh, here's this interesting character and let's make some stuff happen around it. Yeah, for
0: sure. I I agree with that. It's not a, not particularly a, um, it's got a couple culturally, like, think about this, like, kind of how, um, Mm -hmm. bias influences the judicial process. Um, but, like, overall, it's not a preachy book so yeah it, like you don't leave it going mm-hmm. like wow like i'm really thinking a lot about like um uh really intricate uh, societal complications like it's it's a it's a it's a creative writing that is to tell a story and to bring you through a character's coming of age and then after their coming of age <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah um, it's got some themes, but I think they're just lowercase T themes. Yep. Um, and it, it, it does a good job of not leaning so hard in it, not, not getting preachy yeah. as you say. Um, but it, it gets you thinking about a couple of interesting things and then, yeah, it just kind of, you know, it tells its, mm-hmm. its story. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think I can, I feel comfortable in recommending that. Um, uh, it's quick read. Yep. Um,
0: Even I cranked that out, like, in just a couple weeks, which is a really good turnaround for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean...
0: Well, I read Dune in, like, a week.
1: It's all over the place. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) But that was also because I had 12 hours in two... I had two chunks of 12 hours to read.
1: That does make it easier. For sure. Yeah. Um... Yeah. What else? I don't know. Not too much to say about that. Uh, I watched The
0: Matrix Resurrection. Holy shit! I still need to watch all of the original (laughs) Matrices. Is that what this. Like, it's called the Matrix trilogy. Should it be called The Matrices? Because it's not a trilogy anymore.
1: Totally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I, I think it needs to be called just The Matrices at this point. Good. Uh, see if there are any future sequels yeah (laughs) um yeah no the the original matrix is everything they say it is and more it's a beautiful glorious action movie with a lot of interesting ideas and uh just some really unique stuff going on um and the sequels are not as bad as the people say um they get a little far up their own butt just in the philosophy department Mm. i guess um it's a lot of characters that are interesting on paper saying words that sound fancy. Um and there's some meaning there. It's not just empty noise. It's just kind of loses yeah. the thread a little bit. Um still some good action. Um but they just they get progressively weirder and more off-base as they right. go, I guess. Um and Resurrections, the new one co- feels like completely different it's it's kind of a mess but it's a pretty interesting one which i guess kind of describes the matrices as a whole pretty well um so i mean basically it is just a a straight up sequel to the original trilogy um it does some a lot of like meta commentary um there's a, a, a part where, um, so, in the story to start, uh, Neo or Thomas Anderson, Keanu Reeves' character, the main character, is a uh, world-famous game designer who designed a trilogy of games mm. called The Matrix. Um, and there's a point where he goes to his uh, his boss, um, played by Jonathan Groff, who's kind of the, uh, the suit the executive type. And he says, all right
0: the king and it's like him (laughs) going back to the matrix so it's like you'll be back it's oh it's all coming together was was lin-manuel miranda involved in this i think he was that slimy bastard
1: i'm sure he was (laughs) (laughs) uncredited writing assistance no but he uh (laughs) he goes and jonathan groff comes to him and he says All all right Our corporate overlords at Warner Brothers have ordered us to produce a sequel. Wait, really? <laughs> not those exact words, but they say uh, Warner oh Brothers. my God.
0: I mean, I guess the, you yeah. can you can use that. <laughs> like why not?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally can. Um, so they they do talk about uh, that and they they come at some really interesting angles about that thinking about what are the matrix means. Um, and I think one thing that Resurrections does really well, um, that, say, the Star Wars sequel trilogy didn't do so well, um, is it takes the original property and it, respect- it respects it not by just fan surfacing it, um, but by asking questions about its legacy.
0: Mm, interesting.
1: Um, yeah. And so it, it I mean there are a lot of fan service moments but they're they're recontextualized in interesting mm-hmm. ways. Um and it's it, it is more thinking about what the Matrix the original Matrix and to lesser extent the sequels kind of mean and um have meant both in the cultural imagination and both as Like, uh, you know, more philosophical ideas. Um, It doesn't really ever flesh out any of those questions particularly well. um, Although it takes them in some new and interesting directions. Uh, But a lot of it is kind of the Matrix sequel problem of just a lot of philosophical noise and not enough focus, Mm -hmm. really. Um, But it does... Go in enough interesting directions that at least... Uh, it keeps you thinking, keeps you asking the the interesting questions. Um, the action I felt like was mostly a letdown. It's never bad, but there was no particularly memorable
0: bits of action. Okay. No wow moments. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Because the original Matrix has like... Six or seven iconic wow moments of Yeah, like show. the literally the diving um, or
0: like bending backwards, and dodging the bullets.
1: Yeah, um, and it. I mean, partly, I guess part of the problem is most of the most memorable moments in this one are just cribbed exactly from the original ones, and they they make no secret of that. There's at one point characters are literally like in the background watching an altered version of one of the matrix fight scenes play out and kind of commenting huh. on it. Um, but I, I think it was more that they realized that they just couldn't necessarily compete with it on a action standpoint and wanted that to be less mm-hmm. of the focus. Um, but it does lead to the problem that when they get to the, some of the more big climactic fights, it's a little just like, okay, You're going to punch this guy through a wall, and then he's going to punch you through a wall, and then you're going to punch him through a wall, and eventually everyone's going to get punched through a wall so much that the writer decides (laughs) someone wins. Which is
0: usually how those go. That kind of sounds like the Man of Steel fight scene. Punching through so many buildings (laughs) until one of them wins.
1: Yeah, that kind of felt about right. So,
0: what I gather from the trailer is that this is like, at least there's one shot that told me what the theme about, like, kind of what they're trying to say with this movie is, like, everyone being addicted to their phone. Um, I have, again, I haven't seen The Matrix. Is, what what's the original idea of The Matrix? What's it trying to comment on in society? Is it, like, people's over-reliance on technology or, like, whatever? Like, because... Um, like, cause right now in my brain, it's what funny. Th- Go ahead.
1: It's funny that you asked that question. Cause they ask that question in the movie and they come up with six or seven different answers.
0: Oh. <laughs> Good.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it's, uh, the
1: original matrix is asking a lot of questions at once. Um, kind of the big one is, um, uh, free will versus destiny or choice versus destiny. Um, But also like uh, your reality is not the real reality. Um, Yeah. Stuff like that. That's kind of the underlying conceit. With the new one, they sort of pay lip service to that idea of, oh, everyone's on their phones all the time. And they uh, actually do get some interesting shots in about that but it's really a, a sub layer okay. of a sub layer there's not a lot in there about well, it.
0: that's a bummer i like movies that yeah. like try that really they always end up i'm gonna use the same phrase twice in an episode they always end up on a soapbox about it mm-hmm. because it's something that you like you just mm-hmm. can't really not be preachy about where you like you talk about people's obsessions yeah. with their phones Like, it bothers me when we're, like, like, when we hang out with our friends and, like, everybody's on their phone. Like, I, I hate that aspect of our humanity, like, these days. And I don't know if it's, like, a global thing, or I guess, well, more, like, advanced civilization thing, or if it's, like, an American thing. But I do appreciate when movies, like, at least profoundly comment on that reality and how it's affecting how we are as people. So I was kind of really hoping they would, that would be what the approach was for this movie. But if it's just like lip service, and I'm glad I know that now, so I'm not going into the movie and like, ooh, I'm gonna get a soapbox about phones, and then don't get it.
1: (laughs) No, it's uh, it's more than just that that shot in the elevator, um, but not a lot more. Um, yeah. Alright. It's it's kind of from the perspective like a well, we know how frustrating it is to be uh, sitting a couple rows behind someone who can't stay off Snapchat Oh my god!
0: Um. (laughs) I hate that so much. Like why are you Snapchatting Um, if it's like if it's a dark movie theater you're obviously not seeing faces and it's almost always the kind of person that like sends a Snapchat that's just like of their leg, or like just a black Snapchat because they're covering the camera with text. Just use the message part of Snapchat at that point.
1: <laughs> yeah. Why the pictures? No, I <laughs> I vividly remember watching the uh, the the live action Lion King, um, and some kid in front of us was perfectly enraptured by the movie, and his mom spent the entire time on Jesus. Snapchat. It wasn't even like pull it out every 10 minutes and check. It was constant. Oh, I, no, break. no
0: break. And it's distracting.
1: Cool. Um
0: like have some have yeah, some consideration. Yeah, like it, consider consideration? Is that the
1: consideration? Have
0: some consideration for other people in the theater. Fucking jackasses.
1: No, I got to keep my streaks going.
0: It takes one Snapchat to do that. <laughs> Once a day. <laughs> not for during a two and a half hour movie
1: yeah although she did switch it over to google translate when the uh, lines started <laughs> talking german and saying guten tag
0: oh, that will forever be simultaneously the greatest moment of my life and the worst moment of my life <laughs> The fact That's something
1: we'll pass down to our grandkids.
0: It's like, it's the fact that we went to easily the worst movie we've ever seen and left with some of the greatest stories. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, it was an enjoyable experience, not because of the movie. Alright, what else? What, have you, what like else have you been slightly. up to?
1: Uh, let's see. Um, well... I, just mere minutes ago before we started recording, uh, finished watching uh, at least the last three quarters of Mega Shark vs. Crocosaurus. I cannot
0: believe that that's a movie.
1: <laughs> it's uh, it's an Asylum movie. You know the Asylum? No. So they're the ones that make, uh, like, Atlantic Rim and The Revengers. Wait, really? Those are those movies? Of things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. I'm looking it up right now.
1: <laughs>
0: it's just called The Asylum Movies? Yeah.
1: No, the, uh, um, the Asylum is it's the name of the production company. Yep. And they Holy churn out... Um, shit. Yeah, they do horrible, low-budget rip-offs of every popular movie that comes out. Um, so, so, I... I can't guarantee it, but I'm pretty sure that Triassic Attack was one of theirs, um, starring a young Amelia Clark. Actually, um, they have had the Mega Shark franchise for a while, so um, I think I think Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus might be the most popular that's one of that's those. Up there, yeah. Um,
0: this is amazing. Yeah. Uh,
1: I can't really consider myself.
0: Yeah. Titanic uh, yeah. Two, so. <laughs> Almighty Thor. <laughs> Battle Star yep, Wars. I get away with that one, because he's... <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Yep. Airplane versus Volcano. Yeah. I absolutely need to just get super drunk and watch these. And I hate getting drunk, but I feel like that's the... Five-Headed Shark. This is absolutely fantastic. There's so many good Tell ones. what you need to know. That it's just, like, it's so obvious what they... This is amazing. I, why did I not know these existed?
1: I'm amazed you didn't.
0: Abraham Lincoln versus zombies.
1: <laughs> In case Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter wasn't a crazy enough yeah, concept for I yeah. just found
0: Atlantic Rim. Oh, this Very is good. amazing. Independence Day, but it's Independence, like an independent person s apostrophe day (laughs) oh my god we could just do a whole series on like comparing these with the with their um originals that'd be hilarious
1: (laughs) all right we could we could make this an entirely we could make this an entirely new podcast where just every week we we watch a a asylum movie and its real world counterpart and a little Maybe that's past. what
0: Booze and Booze is destined to come destined to become.
1: <laughs> I, I think so. Um, anyway, uh, Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. Um, name tells you what you need to know. There's a Mega Shark and it fights a crocosaurus. So I just found it. I want to see if um, I can don't read a
0: synopsis. To... <laughs> Please it... do. Come on. Load faster. Uh, That's a short synopsis. A megalodon battles with a crocosaurus, causing massive destruction. The U.S. Army has to try and destroy the havoc wreaking monsters. That's not fun. Here we go. A monstrous prehistoric shark that has previously done battle with a giant octopus returns to cause more devastation. This time, facing an equal, equally enormous crocodile found in the jungles of Africa. Ah, oh, these are so boring. <laughs>
1: yeah Uh, well i mean that's all there is to it really you know it's on amazon prime and the crocodile they great good stuff they uh they fight for a little bit um and the the navy tries to tries to also blow them up a lot and the cgi is terrible and the acting is ridiculous um there's uh it it seems like apparently in this movie there's a requirement that on all uh, Navy vessels, there must be one guy whose entire job is just to repeat exactly what the Admiral says. <laughs> um, so the Admiral will give an order <laughs> and he'll just repeat it. that the it,
0: quartermaster? <laughs> that is actually a thing. <laughs> Something. Like. Okay. with all like pirate stuff I've seen, you have the captain who says to do a thing and then the quartermaster shouts it.
1: Okay, but this is usually just like a guy who just kind of sits there and is That's fair, yeah, repeating literally it.
0: that's his only job. The quartermaster has so many other jobs, so this guy's just to sit there and yell things back. Fair enough.
1: Sit, sit there and, yep, yeah, repeat them at a room temperature volume. Room temperature? Not quite. Um, uh, <laughs> let's see, there's one guy who is... Uh, way too excited about everything and is like completely overacting every line and then there's his female counterpart who's basically just a dead board Um, no expression whatsoever Um, there's let's see there's a Pierce Brosnan off brand (laughs) version uh, great value Pierce Brosnan (laughs) that is a pirate or something um, that at one point does a front flip under the crocosaurus and fires like old timey (laughs) pistols at its neck (laughs) doesn't do anything because why would it (laughs) um but also he incurs no consequences from this um and goes on to help i'm gonna spoil the end of the movie because it's too glorious and i'm really glad you let me (laughs) watch the end of it uh where they uh trap the they don't even trap they they lure the the shark and the crocosaurus together uh, along with all the little crocosaurus babies that have been hatching throughout the movie and then they blow them up with a volcano
0: jesus christ is it the same volcano from (laughs) volcano versus airplane probably (laughs) it's all connected
1: crossover also at one point the shark leaps out of the water and grabs a fighter jet
0: Oh my god. How low was the jet flying? <laughs>
1: uh, how to, I mean, is there some height and speed that makes this less ridiculous? I mean, if
0: they were just... I mean, the speed, no. But, like, if they were at least, like, below or, like, on the... Along the surface, if they were flying at, like, cruising altitude, then that's... Even more ridiculous. Also, I don't know why I'm trying to rationalize any aspect of this. <laughs>
1: uh it's kinda hard to tell given how bad the CGI is. Uh but we'll say um I mean low enough that a I no, I, I can't come up with a way to express <laughs> it. A, a few hundred feet. Not too high. Okay. <laughs> uh, um anyway, yeah. It's it's terrible, but there are some uproariously fun moments. Yeah, definitely a drink and enjoy. All
0: right, I've got so many other drink and enjoy movies to watch, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: what else? Uh, Anything else? Yep.
1: And and then, well, today I was um, I was hoping that I didn't have COVID. But I got my test results this morning and was very disappointed because um, I wanted to go to a chess tournament. Um, not the one that I was going to be able to play, scholastic tournament, um, but I wanted to see some of my students play and um, just be there to hang out. But since I couldn't go to that, I figured, okay, well, I've got all day to myself. What can I sit and do that'll take six hours that I've wanted to do for a long time? I can watch Shirt Oh, hey!
0: Yeah. You got yeah. to it.
1: So I sat and watched through show. So what do you think? Yeah holy balls is that a good show (laughs) no (laughs) kidding it's i mean it's harrowing it's really hard to watch yeah oh i just i didn't want it to be done (laughs) i i like i watched for
0: i'm the exact same like i i am looking forward to like what comes from that same like team be like same writer director producers like everyone who's like behind it i want more of that obviously it won't be chernobyl but like yeah yeah, it's it is such a memorable show too like i've i have watched it twice to be fair so it's more like uh solidified Mm -hmm. but it's just like every major bit of it i remember like the going into Chernobyl and, like, putting down the animals, like, I remember so much of that. Um, the actual mm-hmm. last episode breaking down how it happened. Um, the f- firefighters, uh, like, interviewing the firefighters, like, all of that stuff is just it's so in my brain. Still.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, it's an astounding achievement. Like, the the first episode is incredible. They do it almost like a monster movie. Like things are going wrong and it's like something's almost looming at you out of the darkness yeah. and you don't really know what's happening. I mean you know what's happening as an audience member but you're like putting yourself in the headspace of these people that don't know what's going yeah. on but you have kind of that sense of dread of you know how bad things are going to get Um, and they play on that Yeah the tiny little
0: seeds of just like just, so like a guy picking up a piece of the um, irradiated, um, I think it was lead, like the caps, graphite, the graphite. Yeah. And then like, he's like, ah, it hurts. And then you're like, like, you know what it is. <laughs> and it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, like, I, I love the way you put it that it's like, um like, they do it like a monster movie. Uh, You're sitting on a boat, and you just see this, like, wave swell and moving, and it's like, that's a big wave in the movie, and you as a person, you're like, no, that's Godzilla. (laughs) Like, so you know exactly what it is, and they don't, and so it makes it so much more like, it's the dramatic, uh, what's it called? Dramatic irony? Situational irony? Yep. Dramatic irony? Uh, Where it's just like, it's the dread that sticks with you, and you're sitting there, this whole first episode, and even, like, I think it doesn't happen really until mid-second episode, that you're like, someone please figure out what's happening. Because it goes for so long of people doing things that is terrible if they knew what was going on. Like, it's people mm-hmm. being horrible, and you're like, please figure this out, because it's just painful to watch this happening.
1: Yeah. And it's just it's relentless with bad decisions and f- people finding reasonable sounding ways to justify these horrible decisions. Yep. Um and but it's it's so beautiful because they immediately like because they're playing on a real world event, you can have some of these characters that are experts that should know what they're saying say, trust me, it's fine. And it's immediately it's undermined before the words are even yeah. out of your mouth. Um, and that's that's something that you can't get away with in a lot of things. A lot of times you have to undermine that over time, but it's it, because you know what happens already. You have that sense of dread from moment one, and like like you said, you're you're rooting for someone to figure yep. it out. And then they they can only sustain the the dread and the the monster movie atmosphere for so long before they have to kind of change gears and try something else. I mean, it it maintains that that horror and the just the the looming threat of it throughout pretty nicely um but then they switch it into problem solving mode which is also really satisfying to watch once people actually start figuring out what's going on and figuring out how to approach it that's also really satisfying you know watching the the good guys figure out what to do um people love things like the martian because it's just a guy problem solving his way through all these situations. And you'd like to see the, the cleverness and you like to see how things kind of work out. And so seeing all these complicated things, okay, we're going to drop sand, but we can't get too close to the thing. And then once we do that, that creates this new problem that we have to go solve. So we have to go enlist the naked coal <laughs> miners to dig under the thing. <laughs> uh, it's just, and then, and then it starts asking the bigger questions after that about truth and lies and, uh, human cost and, and it starts getting into actual themes uh, instead of just being a, a compelling story and then it you know it, it brings it home with it's big yeah. final gut punches and uh, it's just it is good from start to finish absolutely yep. wholeheartedly recommend um, if you have the stomach for both dogs being shot and horrifying radiation burns
0: yeah that's it's it definitely doesn't pull its punches
1: <laughs> no
0: uh I think one of the other things that I absolutely love about it is it's um, it shines a light on the reality of Soviet Russia trying to hide their mistakes and like that big like it's like mm-hmm. it's like kind of the, one of the big main reasons that this went wrong is because Soviet Russia made dumb decisions and then doubled down on it over and over and over again. And that's what it's, like, on a broad terms, I feel like, is it, if I'm not wrong, is what led to the collapse of the Soviet Russia. Um, and, like, but it didn't feel like they were just trying to shout that and, like, and spend the whole time shitting all over Russia. But it definitely allowed that to mm-hmm. happen, and including, and like, putting it in the perspective of, Russians who just want science to prevail. Um, instead of it being like an American's attacking the Russians, it's a Russian watching his country fail science. Um, you knew, did I, I, remember, I feel like I told you this. Did you know that this show was banned in Russia?
1: Interesting. Yeah. I may have known that at some point.
0: Yep. they uh, They banned it and oh, then they okay. started, I don't know, I haven't, Seen any update about it, but then they started trying to make their own version of it. So, uh, huh. really, just like confirming everything the show is saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, if we ever do eventually do our full switch over to doing uh, Asylum versus Real Life movie, that'll be a fun <laughs> little point <laughs> of comparison there. We can do a whole double feature That'd on that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where the asylum in this case is the uh, uh, the, the one built by the Russians. Russian government. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. <sighs> fun stuff! All right.
1: Um. Yeah, no, Chernobyl, and just the you know everything about it is so good. The the acting is great, and the um the writing and the cinematography yes. is gorgeous. Um, really. I mean, it's grim and it's gritty, but it's, it never feels inauthentic. There's never a point where you're like, that doesn't look real life. Like there's some, there's some really horrifying things that happen in broad daylight. They don't need to do dark clouds or something for, um, unneeded effect. Um, the music I think is really good. Uh, it's mostly very just abstract Mm. kind of noise, There was Um, something
0: I noticed in my second watch through that, like, in so often they would use just dust particles in the air that I feel like Mm -hmm. that is just continuing to try to, like, put in your brain that, like, everything that they are in right now is toxic. And it's, like, a physical manifestation of that for the viewers to just see Mm -hmm. these particles in the air to continue that dread of, like, the longer you're here, the more you're breathing the worse it's gonna be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they do a really good job. There's you know, it's it's not a super fast moving show. Um they they like to linger on things, but it doesn't waste any yes. moments. Um and it 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 it'll show the dust particles or it'll um just take a moment to show the column of smoke out over the forest and you see the trees under it are starting yeah. to die. Um just really effective um visual yep. exposition let's say um that also i guess augments sort of the the themes and the, the even beyond that just the feelings the the feelings of, of dread and um the uh, oppressiveness the oppressive omnipresence of the yeah. the radiation there we go that's the, the phrase i yep, looked for that's i was a looking one. for
0: Um, And also, like, I I feel like they did a lot that I really enjoyed with the scientists trying to explain science to politicians. And, like, how do you explain the complexity of this in its reality to people very quickly? Like, he got his chance to finally, like, break it down one by one for people at the end. But, like, Mm -hmm. during the crisis, how do you quickly explain to people what's going on? Including if you don't know fully what's going on. He's like, I don't know everything that's going on, like, that. what went wrong. I don't know what happened in the reactor. All I know is right now it's bad, and I guarantee you it's bad. I can't prove to you right now that it's bad, but it's bad. And they, like, the politicians wouldn't listen to that. Like, they were just like, no, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't help that they had, like, yeah. the director of it yeah, who was, no, like, it... not, who was trying to, like, back out of it.
1: Right. Um, yeah, no, and that, I mean, it, it, of course, it, that serves the nice double purpose then of giving the audience something really easy to, to latch on to with the explanation. Yep. Um, it also leads to one of my favorite, there's not a lot of humor in this show, but it le- did lead to, lead to one of the moments that I laughed out loud where, um, so, uh, Jared Harris's character, I can't remember any of the Russian names, which is kind of disappointing, because <laughs> I at least used to know quite a bit of Russian. Um, the, the main guy, the main scientist, um, and, uh, Skarsgård's character are, they're in their helicopter going to Chernobyl for the first time. And, um, the scientist is only along because the politician Stellan Skarsgård doesn't know how to, uh, Uh, how a nuclear reactor works and so Jared Harris explains it to him the scientist explains it to him and then they get down and they see some of the guys on the ground and the politician starts immediately like so here's how a nuclear reactor works so what's uh, what seems to be the problem (laughs) here guys (laughs) yeah that was good one Um, yeah no just a stupendous show Um, if you have the opportunity sit down and watch it all in one sitting it's five and a half hours but it's i mean it's the sort of thing where you put it on and like i said you yep. won't want it to stop
0: yep it is it's absolutely phenomenal what else anything else yeah because i have a great segue into my watch of am an okay segue away so speaking of scientists trying to explain to dumb politicians a catastrophic event I watched Don't Look Up, um, which is – Beautiful segue. If you have not heard about it – I know, Matt, you have because I texted you about it. Um, Don't Look Up is a mm-hmm. – it's a comedy about uh, a doctoral student played by Jennifer Lawrence uh, discovers a comet. It's the, it's a, a, a momentous occasion. You get a comet named after you, and they do the calculations, and then they start realizing – That it's coming directly towards Earth, and they have about six months before it hits. Um, And so her professor, played by uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, the two of them are trying to do whatever you can do against a comet heading towards, like, straight towards you in a real world. Like, and, and and this is this is where like I genuinely enjoyed this movie I have issues with it but like there's so much about it that I loved that it just it overshadows my issues um one is that it, it like mm-hmm. it's a comedy but it's not laugh out loud funny comedy it's uh ironic humor it's like you're watching and you're like this is like i would say this in this tone out loud this is hilarious oh my god are you kidding me like that like that just like the the dread because it's like it's um it does not it, the thing that it, that it that i i don't like a little bit is it gets a little too childish at attacking trump uh, and uh. so it's basically these two scientists who have who go to the president which includes a hilarious scene of the two of them sitting outside of the Oval Office. This student, who's like, probably 24, and this guy who's just a do- who's just a professor at uh, Michigan State, going, are we about to tell the President of the United States that a comet is heading towards Earth? Like, and they're just like, and uh, DiCaprio's character is just <laughs> panicked. Like, he's just high anxiety the entire time. Like, he's just... A completely panicked person, um, and like it's it it feels so much more real about it's like a disaster movie that feels more realistic as how it would play out, um, because it's not just like mm-hmm. oh there's a comet coming oh no we need to tell people it's like it really sets in like lets need them to... sit in dread of like holy shit we're gonna die and like their panic and like how do we how do we do? what do we do what can we do and they go to the president and then this is where it starts getting into the huge commentary of how our country is handling climate change um because you have the president who they get to the president or get to the the oval off sitting outside the oval office and the president is talking uh, they have a meeting while they're waiting they have a meeting about their supreme court uh, justice nomination they have a birthday party for the president's, like, assistant or something. Uh, and then they get to the end of the day and they're like, sorry, it's too late. We'll have to push us back to tomorrow. Like, they're just – they don't care about this. Um, then the next day they come in and they tell them about the whole thing. Uh, and, like – and then the president's just like, I don't believe you. We're going to get our own scientists on this. And – then, so that's a whole thing. <sighs> and then, like, this about halfway through, it brings in the basically the Steve's job, Steve Jobs, evil Steve Jobs, uh, who is all for profit, corporatized. And then it brings in the like, it's that's the analogy for like oil, like big oil, uh, that is like mm-hmm. s- pretty much solely the reason the oil and architect- or architecture, architecture agriculture, <laughs> who are the reasons for uh, <laughs> climate change and stuff like that. Um, and uh, it's and so like it's this big movie about these two characters, these two scientists trying to explain to everybody what's going on. And there's so much that I love about what it does. Um, one is that it's comedy is like, it's like fast-paced, so it actually... It, I think on eight different occasions, it'll cut to the new scene in the middle of a word. Like it just, it jumps. <laughs> it, it doesn't let it. Cause it's, I think it's interesting because every time it does that, it's a line that you know, what's going to happen. It's like, uh, it's a person who's about to say, we're going to die. And it's like, we're good. And then it cuts. Like it doesn't finish that line. Um, a lot of that is used. I do enjoy pacing. That. Um, to, uh, mirror these characters, how they're feeling at any given moment. So it's like, when they're figuring it out, it's like, it's really fast-paced cuts, like, a lot of fast dialogue. And then, like, when they're waiting in the waiting room for the Oval Office, it's a really long and slow scene. Um, uh, what else? Um, it cuts r- immediately to the chase. Like, she discovers the comet in the first 30 seconds of the film, and they figure out that it's coming towards Earth within the first two minutes. Like, they don't waste time trying to, like, establish families and characters like every other disaster movie does. Like, it jumps to the disaster. Useless. And then goes to what's what they're doing.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Um, it...
1: Yeah, that's something, that's something Chernobyl also does well. Yes.
0: It literally starts with it, it happening. It doesn't
1: waste... <laughs> yeah. I guess, I mean... Uses the the firefighter and his wife sort of as your point of human interest in the story, yeah. um, but I think that that's because we it's an event where we need to see the human cost. Yes.
0: Um, the I really don't know how like it's not a huge spoiler about a lot of things. Uh, so basically, they like they get oh I was gonna look this up. Did you know there's, like, a space protection agency in the United States? A, there's, like... A spa? Huh? Hang on, let me see if I can find a... Uh, spa? space protection program. Uh...
1: No, space protection agency, because it's spa. spa.
0: Where is it? Spa? Shut up. Uh... <laughs> There's some company, I, I think it's, like, maybe Mission Resilience and Protection Program, or no, it's not that. I don't know. It's something, and, like, it's a, a person tells the scientist, hey, we're going to get them involved. And Lawrence goes, wait, that exists? And then it pauses, does a overlay, like, does a text overlay. That's a real thing. It exists. This is their this is their patch and it like shows the patch of it. Like it just like it makes a joke that this is a real thing that we have in NASA. Um, uh, it does a whole bunch of just like big commentaries on Trump. like the director of NASA is an, a, is a ma- um, a major financial donor to the president and is a um, mm-hmm. I think she was like a nutritionist. Or something, it was something like, or an anesthesiologist, who was the director of NASA, because she donated a whole bunch of money to the president. Um, And then, uh, basically, they're like, hey, we have this big plan to shoot these missiles at the comet. It'll work. And it's like, it's when the comet is still way out, like, away, uh, and it'll, like, into small enough pieces that they'll dissolve within the atmosphere, and it'll be fine. And then... Uh, Steve Jobs guy who has you know phones uh, finds out that in the in the comet there are a bunch of minerals that are important to making phones, and he's like, I want the comet, and so they stop the mission so that they can develop their own plan to go in and mine the comet, which, uh, <laughs> it's n- how do you think this movie ends? I'm curious to, th- to think how you think this movie would end
1: uh comet actually hits and everyone dies
0: should I spoil it
1: I mean no because I want to see it
0: okay it's it's an ending <laughs> um, I it's it's just so much fun like it's not a 10 out of 10 by any stretch honestly I'd put it at like a seven out of 10 like it's a good movie but like I just it does a lot of things that I really enjoy, and it does a lot of, like, just... It feels so much... It, it's a, It feels like an authentic disaster movie. And in a world where we have mm-hmm. so many trash disaster movies, it's so refreshing. Like, because it's a disaster movie that feels authentic while it's also still a commentary and a comedy on how stupid and corrupt our government is... And like all of this stuff, and it, it manages to do it well. <laughs> There's a reason it has a whole bunch of nominations. I take it you're for... not
1: excited for Moonfall.
0: Do what? Oh mo- no! Uh, what's is it? What's it called? Moon Moonfall. I thought you said Moonfall. Moonball. With a B. <laughs> moonball. That's a thing. Anyway, <laughs> it's a great movie. I loved it so much. Um... I suggest you watch it and then never watch another disaster movie again because I don't think there's going to be one that does it better than this. Uh, I I know we don't right. ever we, – we try to not talk about uh, things we're doing actively, but I continuously want to talk about Red Dead 2. Um, it's so depressing. Talk about it. It, so, okay, so the point of the game, so there's six chapters. I think in a couple episodes ago I said something about it having nine chapters. I know that there's six chapters and then, like, two epilogues. Um, for the bulk of the, of the game, so, like, the first four chapters, essentially, it's about you mm-hmm. and your gang of, like, outlaws in the 1800s just trying to survive. Uh, after, so, like, you're doing illegal things, and, like, so what happens is you, they're trying to get money to flee and go, and go be away from all of the mistakes they've made. And so they need to make money. And so they do things that lead to giant, like, shootouts in the middle of a town, which makes them need to flee again. It's, it's just, like, this rep, like this constant, uh, one after the other, and like, and it's it does a fantastic job of showing so Dutch is the guy who's in charge. He's the he's the leader, showing his like decline mm-hmm. of sanity, basically, um, and also everyone's trust in him and everyone's like joy. Um, it starts, and you've got this like lovely little camp, um, and by the end of it, you're you're in a cave that was once inhabited by uh, cr- inbreeding. <coughs> uh, hillbillies who eat people like it's it's such a decline of civilization within the thing but the whole thing is about survival for living to the future and there's so much about like um like screwing people over so that you have money because it's about you and like what you're going to do in the future and setting your your gang up for success in the future and everything you're doing a whole bunch of bad shit and then over the course, and I love how they just plant tiny little seeds of things that play out way later. Uh, I, I I'm gonna spoil this a little bit. I feel like a lot. Of, like if you're gonna play Red Dead, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I was like, if you're if you're gonna play Red Dead, you have played it already. But that's not true because I loved it and I didn't know I needed to play it. Um, he starts coughing, <laughs> kind of early on about like uh, chapter early chapter three. And so like chapter three and four, he's like, he starts coughing a little bit and then he kind of coughs and passes out. And then he gets dragged to a doctor at the end of chapter four. And to find out he has tuberculosis, which if you know anything about the health and like health of people in the 1800s, tuberculosis is a death sentence. You're going to die. And like within months or weeks. Um, And suddenly the game just shifts. Because it spent so much time on Arthur, the main character, focusing on survival and the future prosperity of himself and his family. And it's suddenly about, like, I have no time left. What have I been doing? I've been screwing people over. And there's, like, this one character that, like, you go... uh, You collect a debt from them. And the father has... Because, like, you're... you your gang lent them money and you go and collect that debt. Uh, And always, it's always some like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you if you don't give me your money. And they're like, I don't have it. And then you like take their prized possessions or something. And so it's a family of like three. The dad has tuberculosis and you go and confront them and you get their money from them. And then the dad dies. And uh, so now there's the, the mom and the kid who's like a teenager Uh, And you see them multiple times after that. Uh, And by the end of it, she's on the streets being a prostitute and he's working in a coal mine, which is also like you're going to die in like five years if you work in a coal mine. And there's a small character or a a story arc with them that is just so depressing because he's, he's like... Arthur's like, I'm the one who did this to them. I'm dying. And, like, there's so many scenes with them that is just, like, he's he's looking down the whole time. He barely looks at them in their face. And he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, he, he says I'm sorry, but he's like, also he's like, I can't apologize for, like, everything. This is my fault. Here's a whole bunch of money. Don't say thank you. Just go. And, like, he does everything he can to just give them anything. And it's so depressing, like, and in good depressing, like harrowing of just like, it puts you through this character's shift because of news he got. And I'm not even done. I have a whole other chapter to play with this. (laughs) And it's like, he's coughing, like everything he does is now just dejected and sad because he's done so little, he's lost family and friends, like, along the way. It's just he's regretting everything about his life at this moment and you just feel it so hard. They do so many things even cinematically to just like really like like any like tricks that they use in movies to make you understand a character at a given point. They do in this video game. Like just the bags under his eyes that didn't didn't exist before, like all of everything he says to people Is less like. He's usually so, like, (sighs) tough and, like, and I, like, I'm gonna beat you up and threatening. And he's just. He's got. He gets so timid now because he's just like, I. There's. Who he thought he was does not exist anymore. And watching that just, like, decay Mm. of character is, like, (laughs) jaw-dropping. And, like,. People who say you can't be told a great story in a video game have never heard of this game. (laughs) It is just absolutely (laughs) phenomenal, and it just, it's, you, I, I, that's all I got. That's my rant. It's, I have, I have like hours of gameplay left in the main story, but I don't, it's like you watching Chernobyl. I don't want it to stop. But, like, it's just. I. Well, it's. It's amazing. You've, you've, uh, you about sold me on it there.
1: Yeah, I might have to try it.
0: You gotta try it. I, like, I'll give you my PlayStation to play it. It's just absolutely amazing. Uh. Anyway, that's that. Uh, what else? We've been. Uh. I'm playing Witcher three, but I'm not going to talk about that. Kalen and I have been, uh, or Kalen's been watching through Harry Potter, um, and uh-huh. I, we were just like, "Hey, want to watch a movie?" I think it was date night. No, it wasn't date night. Uh, oh, it was literally two days ago uh, <laughs> um, that we were just like eating dinner. And I was like, "You want to watch a movie tonight?" And she's like, "Yeah." I'm like, oh, like you're it. Azkaban, right? And she's like, yeah. I was like, that's in my top two of the Harry Potter movies. I'll watch it with you. And she's like, okay. And so we watched that. And what do you do when you are watching a movie that you've seen a million times and you can quote and, uh, like, you just want to, like, have some fun? You find a drinking game for it. (laughs) So we did that. Uh, We got drunk. It was... There, there was a lot of, like... There was, like, drink twice every time someone says Buckbeak. They say Buckbeak so many times. Um, it's like...
1: Yeah, that, uh, that probably went really poorly. You take a
0: drink every time someone tells Harry that he's in grave danger, which is hilarious because they only say it, like, once. But, like, the whole movie feels like that. That it's just, like, it feels like every other line mm-hmm. is someone telling Harry he's in grave danger. Um, but holy shit, that's a good... That's a good movie. <laughs> That's a really solid movie, yeah. I haven't seen the Harry Potter movies since being able to critically analyze what I'm watching. And it's crazy to be actu- actually be able to, like, see and, like, catch things that I didn't notice before just because I actually now have a little bit more experience watching movies. Um, I, we're, mm-hmm. And so, like, that was fantastic. Uh we didn't get very far because we got into a big conversation before the end of the movie and had to finish it today. Um but also now we're watching Goblet. And it's Honestly, I don't think it's a whole it's so much is it's as bad as I thought it was. I think I got talked into it I think being it, is. it being bad. But like, I mean, there's a lot of issues with it. But like, it's not the prequels. <laughs> uh, no,
1: no, it's it's not a bad movie. I think it's just it's. I, I think it's clearly the the least good of the Harry Potter
0: yes, movies. Yes, yeah, it's like it. It's got a lot of solid moments. The stuff that like that I don't like is there's a lot of post-it note theory issues, um, or just characters being like Ron being a, a prick about Harry not telling him like. He just, like, didn't listen, and I'm like, this feels... It doesn't feel like Ron's character very much. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: But, uh, no, I think it's, uh, it's totally fine. I was also cooking while during most of it, so I wasn't keeping a close eye on that it. That helps. But, uh, that just means that uh, Order of the Phoenix is next. Yay! That's my favorite of the Sweet. movies. Sweet why
1: it will probably not be after having seen it back to back with prisoners of azkaban oh it's it's good and it's it's good and it's well done um but i think azkaban is probably the the better movie from a more critical standpoint
0: i'll still enjoy it i don't know why i enjoy it yeah no
1: it's it's still enjoyable it's still among my favorites i think i think just in general it's one of the best stories among the, the Harry Potters.
0: Okay. okay. So yeah, that's uh. Then that's, uh, we'll leave it there. That's what we've been doing. We've been, I'll uh, update you on the remainder of the uh, Harry Potters after this or uh, the next time. But. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Shall we?
1: Yeah, check in with us last week for the news. <laughs> <Yeah>. We shallst. <laughs> uh we shall thanks everyone for listening you can find this podcast on spotify itunes iheartradio podbean and many other places where podcasts exist but not
0: soundcloud not soundcloud we're not on soundcloud thank you sorry i'm texting brendan back
1: (laughs) not on soundcloud Uh, we're on social media sort of nominally on facebook on twitter at just us losers pod on instagram that same at just us losers pod uh we have a gmail just us losers pod at gmail.com uh let us know is goblet of fire actually a bad movie is it a pretty good movie uh where does it rank among your harry potter movies i'm curious to hear the the general consensus here um but that's just us losers pod at gmail.com uh yeah those are the things um, thanks everyone for listening. Hopefully we can be back in person for the next, next pair. Uh, should be. Can't. Well, here's this we also.
0: I, I Preston. how sick. would you feel about just doing this one this week and then just like restarting back in person? Cause this is also, I hate doing the delay.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I would not be at all opposed okay. to that. Okay, so this
0: one's coming out tomorrow. So yeah, and then so we'll be we'll be back to normal next time, and we'll just start Sounds offsetting. Sounds good. Hopefully, it'll give us a little more time for news to happen. Because I right. don't remember much happening.
1: Not a, not a whole lot. So maybe
0: some good news things will happen <laughs> over the next week. Give us a good uh, good girth of news.
1: Here's hoping. Here's open. All right. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Bye.
0: Bye. 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 Man, that is such a crazy delay. <laughs>